0: part three chapters four and five of charles rex by ethel m dell this librivox recording is in the public domain four the trap it was an evening of golden silence and the large copse in its stillness was like an enchanted wood now and then something moved in the undergrowth with a swift rustle or a blackbird raised a long ripple of alarm but for the most part all was still no breeze came up the hillside, and in the west a long black line of cloud lay like a barrier across the sun, so that great rays slanted out over land and sea, transforming all things with their radiance. A soft low whistle broke the stillness or mingled with it. A snatch of melody came like the strains of a fairy pipe from the edge of the larch wood. Again there came a sharp movement in some long grass near the gate that led from the open down into the Burchester estate it sounded as if some small imprisoned creature were fighting for freedom then in another moment there came the rush and snuffle of a questing dog and old chops the setter came bursting through the hedge that bordered the wood he flung himself through the long grass with an agility that belied his advancing years and in an instant there arose a cry that seemed to thrill the whole wood with horror the enchanted silence broke upon it like the shivering of a crystal ball. For as Chops pounced, another cry rang clear and commanding from the other side of the hedge Chops, back, back! Do you hear, Chops? Come back! Chops did not come back, but he paused above his quarry and looked round with open jaws and lolling tongue. If it had been his master who thus called him, he would have obeyed on the instant but toby was a different matter and the frantic struggling thing in front of him was a sore temptation his brief hesitation however lost him the game her light feet raced through the grass with the speed of wings and she threw herself over the gate and upon him before he could make good his claim he found himself thrust back and the long habit of obedience had conquered instinct before it could reassert itself she dropped upon her knees beside the thing in the grass and discovered a young hare caught in a snare it was a very ordinary poacher's contrivance fashioned of wire the little animal was fairly caught round the body and the cruel tension of the gin testified to his anguished and futile struggles for freedom the wire had cut into his shoulder and his bolting eyes were wild with terror it was no easy task to loosen the trap and there was blood on toby's hands as she strove to release the straining frenzied creature she was far too deeply engrossed in the matter to heed any sound of approaching feet and when the thud of a horse's hoof suddenly fell on the turf close to her she did not raise her head but she did look up startled when two hands swooped down from above her and gripped the hair with a vice like strength that stilled all struggling he will claw you to pieces said bunny bluntly shall i kill him he's damaged or do you want to let him go oh let him go of course cried toby dragging reckless at the wire see it's coming now hold him tight while i slip it off the wire slipped at last she forced it loose and the victim was free bunny turned to lay him in the grass and toby sprang upon chops and held him fast she was crying fiercely angrily how dare they set that cruel thing how dare they he isn't dead is he why doesn't he run away he's hurt said bunny let me kill him let chops finish him "'No, no, no!' vehemently Toby flung her protest. "'He may be hurt, but he'll get over it. "'Anyway, give him his chance. "'There, he's moving. "'It wouldn't be fair not to give him his chance.' "'It would be kinder to kill him,' said Bunny. "'I hate you,' she cried back, "'weeping over Chops who stood strained against her. "'If, if, if you touch him, "'I'll never, never speak to you again.' bunny came to her took chops by the collar and fastened him with his whip to the gate then he stooped over toby his young face sternly set stop crying he said let me have your hands they were a mass of scratches from the hare's pounding feet he began to look at them but toby thrust them behind her back she choked back her tears like a boy and looked up at him with eyes of burning indignation sitting back on her heels in the long grass Bunny it's a damn shame to trap a thing like that did you do it i no i'm not a poacher grimly bunny made reply that flare of anger made her somehow beautiful but he knew if he yielded to the temptation to take her in his arms at that moment she would never forgive him don't be unreasonable he said you'll have to come and bathe your hands they can't be left in that state oh what does it matter she said impatiently i've had much worse things than that to bear bunny you believe in god i know why does he let things be trapped it isn't fair it isn't right it 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 hurts so lots of things hurt said bunny yes but there's nothing so mean and so horrible as a trap i-i could kill the man who said it i'm glad it wasn't you toby spoke passionately so am i said bunny he crumpled the wire gin in his hand and dragged it up from the ground. Toby watched him still kneeling in the grass. What are you going to do with it? Destroy it, he said promptly. She smiled at him, the tears still on her cheeks. That's fine of you. Bunny, I haven't got a handkerchief. He gave her his, still looking grim. She dried her eyes and got up. The hair, recovering somewhat, gave her a frightened stare and slipped away in the undergrowth she looked up at bunny i'm sorry i was angry she said are you cross with me he relaxed a little not particularly don't be she said tremulously i couldn't help it he suffered so horribly and i know i know so well what it felt like how do you know said bunny her look fell before his she made an odd movement of shrinking he put his arm swiftly round her Never mind the wretched hare. He's got away this time, anyway. And I'm not at all sure you didn't have the worst of it. Feeling better now? She nodded. Yes, much better. I like you, Bunny, but I can't help thinking you're rather cruel. You didn't want to kill the poor thing. I think it was rather prolonging the agony to let him live, said Bunny. Let me see your hands. She tried to hide them, but he was insistent, and at length impossibly she yielded. You must come down to old Bishop's and bathe them, he said. She shook her head instantly. No, Bunny, I'm not going to. I'll run down to the lake if you like. There's sure not to be any one there. All right, said Bunny, but he lingered still with his arm about her. Will you kiss me, Toby? he said suddenly. No, she said, and swiftly averted her face. His arm tightened for a second, then he felt her brace herself against him and let her go all right he said again we'll go down to the lake she threw him a swift glance of surprise but he turned away to release chops and unfasten his horse without further discussion their way lay along a grass ride that ran beside the larchwood bunny walked gravely along leading his horse toby moved lightly beside him behind them the silence closed like the soft folds of a curtain but it was not a silence devoid of life as they drew away from the place a man stepped out from the larches and stood motionless watching them a whimsical smile that was not without bitterness hovered about his mouth as they passed from sight he turned back into the trees and walked swiftly and silently away it was nearly a mile across the park to the lake in the hollow and the boy and girl tramped it steadily with scarcely a word chops walked sedately by toby's side occasionally poking his nose under her hand bunny's face was stern he had the look of a man who moved with a definite goal in view they came to the beechwood that surrounded the lake the castle from its height looked down over the terraced gardens upon one end of the water it was a spot in fairyland they came to a path that led steeply downwards and bunny stopped i'll leave my animal here he said toby did not wait she plunged straight down the steep descent when he rejoined her she was at the water's edge she knelt upon a bed of moss and thrust her hands into the clear water he stood above her for a moment or two then knelt beside her and took the wet wrists very gently into a firm hold she made a faint resistance but finally yielded he looked down at the hands nervously clenched in his grasp he was older in that moment more manly than she had ever seen him what's the matter little girl he said softly what are you afraid of nothing said toby instantly and threw up her chin in the old dauntless way he looked at her closely sure the blue eyes met his with defiance of course i'm sure that horrid trap upset me that's all he continued to look at her steadily that isn't why you won't have anything to say to me he said her colour rose under his gaze but she would not avoid it ''Does it matter why?'' she said. ''It does when I want to know,'' he answered. Again his look went to her hands. ''How the little brute scored you! So much for gratitude!'' ''You don't expect gratitude from a creature wild with fright?'' said Toby. She spoke rather breathlessly, and he saw that she was on the verge of tears again. He got up and drew her to her feet. ''Let's walk for a bit,'' he said she stood as one in doubt and he felt that she was trembling i say don't he said suddenly and winningly i won't do anything you don't like i swear you shan't be bothered can't you trust me she made a little movement towards him and he put his arm round her shoulders they turned along the green sward side by side it was awfully nice of you to come bunny said in that new gentle voice of his i didn't mean you to get there first but old bishop is so long-winded i couldn't get away it didn't matter said toby with a nervous little smile it did to me said bunny it would have saved you that anyway but you'd have killed the hare she said not if he hadn't been damaged he said i'm not a brute i don't kill for the sake of killing she looked incredulous most men do don't you hunt don't you shoot oh you're talking of sport said bunny yes it's called sport said toby an odd little vibration in her voice it's just a name for killing things isn't it bunny considered the matter no that's not fair he decided sport is sport but i prefer to walk up my game and i never countenance digging out a fox that's sport there are very few sportsmen in the world said toby oh i don't know "'Anyway, I hope I'm one of them. "'I try to be,' said Bunny. "'She gave him a quick look. "'I think you are, and so is Jake.' "'Oh, Jake, Jake's magnificent. "'He's taught me all I know in that line. "'I used to be a horrid little bounder before I met Jake. "'He simply made me, body and soul.' "'Bunny spoke with a simple candour. "'Perhaps he had good stuff to work on,' suggested Toby. Bunny's arm drew her almost imperceptibly. I don't think he had. My father was a wild Irishman, and my mother, well, she's dead too, but she wasn't anything to be specially proud of. Oh, was your mother a rotter? said Toby with sudden interest. He nodded. We don't talk about her much, Maude and I. She married a second time, a brute of a man who used to run the Anchor Hotel. They went to Canada and she died. The Anchor Hotel? said toby that place at fair harbour down by the shore yes Maud and i were there too at first i was a cripple in those days couldn't even walk we had a fiendish time there till jake came ah toby's blue eyes suddenly gleamed did Maud marry jake to get away she asked bunny nodded again and began to smile yes we were in a beastly hole she and i something had to be done she didn't love him then, questioned Toby almost with eagerness. Oh, no, not then. Not till long after. Jake and I were the pals. He was always keen enough on her poor chap, but Charlie complicated matters rather in those days. You see, Charlie came first, before she ever met Jake. Charlie, said Toby quickly. Lord Saltash, you knew he was an old friend, didn't you? I didn't know that he and Maud ever loved each other toby halted over the words as if they were somehow difficult to utter bunny enlightened her with a boy's careless assurance oh that's a very old story they were very fond of each other in their youth in fact they were practically engaged then charlie who has always been a bit giddy went a bit too far with lady cressidy who was also a somewhat gay young person and sir philip cressidy who was a brute tried to divorce her he didn't succeed the case fell through but it set everyone by the years and Maud threw charlie over he pretends he didn't care but he did pretty badly and he's never married in consequence oh is that why said toby that's why he's gone the pace fairly rapidly ever since but he's a good chap at heart even jake acknowledges that now and he knows him as well as anyone and Maud said toby in a low voice she was not looking at bunny but staring out over the still waters of the lake with a rather piteous intentness Maud has always kept a soft place in her heart for him she couldn't help it women can't i see said toby and doesn't jake mind jake no not a bit he's sure of her now she thinks there's no one like him in the world and she's quite right there's not bunny spoke with warm enthusiasm toby's brows were drawn a little then she isn't in love with lord saltash she said no not now she just takes a motherly interest in him tries to persuade him to settle down and be good that sort of thing i believe she feels rather responsible for him he certainly bolted very thoroughly after she gave him up it's all years ago of course but he's never settled never will i see said toby a slight shiver went through her and she looked up at bunny with a small pinched smile fancy Maud giving him up she said well she always had her share of pride and he certainly didn't treat her with great consideration he might have known she'd never stand it said bunny he only had himself to thank toby's look was puzzled oddly pathetic but he's such a king she said i don't suppose he'd ever think of that again bunny's arms tightened about the narrow shoulders there was something about her that appealed to him very deeply something he sensed rather than saw haven't we talked about other people's affairs long enough now he suggested don't you think we might turn our attention to our own she colored up to her blue-veined forehead if you like she said rather faintly don't you think i deserve that kiss urged bunny softly i've been awfully patient she lifted her lips with a gesture of submission saying no word oh not like that he said gently not if you'd rather not dear she caught her breath sharply it was almost a sob then she opened her eyes wide and laughed oh you great big silly she said you're easier to draw than any one i ever met his arms clasped her he drew her close my own little butterfly girl he said and kissed her very tenderly i've caught you at last at last she laid her head against his neck and stood so quivering a little and silent you're tired he said i'll give you a lift towards home folly will carry you all right she uttered a tremulous laugh and lifting her face she kissed him of her own accord you're awful good to me bunny dear she said p'raps perhaps i'll be engaged to you soon you darling said Bunny fervently. Five, the confidence. A letter with the crest of a fox's head and the motto sans vertu upon the back lay beside Maude's plate on the following morning. She took it up with a smile at Jake, who had just entered the room. From Charlie, probably about the new yacht. He told me the other day that he wanted me to perform the christening ceremony. You have my permission," said Jake. "What does he propose to call her?" the blue moon i believe but he was in a freakish mood he may have changed his mind by this time jake glanced round where's the kid who toby i thought she went out early hasn't she been riding with you no she dodged me said jake went off on her own on one of those raw colts i shall have to talk to her when she comes in i hope she's all right said Maud with a touch of anxiety she's all right said jake but why did she dodge you have you been quarrelling Maud paused in the act of opening her letter and looked at him with a grave questioning that brought a gleam of humour into jake's eyes we have not he said i've scarcely seen her since yesterday morning i can't tell you why she dodged me i only know she did it how odd of her said Maud. he sat down and took up the paper his face was grim i shall know why presently read your letter i'm in no hurry maud opened the letter from saltash and there fell a brief silence it was broken by the sound of light feet outside the door and toby still wearing riding-dress her face flushed and laughing swung into the room i'm so sorry i'm late she said the little fiend ran away with us and we had a gigantic tussle do you mind if i sit down in these things she went round to Maud to kiss her and stopped as Maud's arm came about her. Do you mind? she said again. My dear, Maud said very gently, Jake is going to scold you for riding that half broken colt by yourself. It was very risky. Why did you do it? Oh, is Jake cross? said Toby. She looked across at him with an imp of mischief in her eyes. Then, as he still studied his paper, abruptly she left Maude and went round to him. Cheer up, Jake, she said. Don't throw a cloud on the proceedings. Her voice was half impudent, half wheedling. Jake looked up, his eyes very direct and somewhat stern. You sit down and have some breakfast, he said. I'll talk to you afterwards. She obeyed him with a slight shrug of the shoulders. Perhaps I shan't stay to be talked to, she remarked as she did so i've promised to take eileen and molly out as soon as i've had my tub so if it's going to be a lengthy wigging you'd better begin now jake did not begin he turned deliberately from the bravado of her look and began to take the covers off the breakfast dishes toby leaned back provocatively in her chair and whistled under her breath she was plainly in a dare-devil mood but it was not her custom to dare jake what have you done to your hands he said as she reached out for the plate he offered her she coloured deeply nothing i mean nothing serious i often get my hand scratched why don't you tell me the truth said jake Maud looked up from her letter it is as i thought charlie wants us to go down to fair harbour to-morrow he is getting together a luncheon party on board the yacht the melroses will be there and some of the polo people staying at the anchor jake you will come and support me won't you jake shook his head bunny can do that job my girl i've got to get ready for goodwood forest fire is going to make his mark there oh bother forest fire said Maud. i want you what for said jake well general melrose knows you he was talking of you down at the club the other afternoon and i want him to meet you with me please come jake Maud spoke persuasively. "'All right,' said Jake. "'You will?' "'I will,' he said, smiling a little. "'You don't often interfere with my liberty. "'I remember old Melrose. "'Met him years ago at Doncaster. "'He's always been keen on the turf, "'and he stood by me once when "'some one was trying to queer my pitch.' "'Oh,' said Maud. "'you mean the time that Charlie let you down?' "'Poor Charlie.' He was horribly ashamed of himself afterwards. Toby looked up sharply, and again the colour came into her face, mounting swiftly to her forehead. She appeared to be on the verge of hot speech, but no words came. It was Jake who spoke in his soft, easy drawl. Oh, I guess he's grown a bit since then. Anyway, whatever his intentions, he never managed to do me any harm. And I rather think his malice is dead now it died long ago said maud quietly he owes you a great deal jake you've taught him to be a man i said jake my dear your partiality runs away with your judgment have some ham he dismissed the matter in his own calm fashion and began to talk of his animals breakfast proceeded but toby scarcely spoke and ate very little it's so hot to-day she said when presently maude remonstrated with her i can't eat when it's hot really she pushed her plate away and rose from the table do you mind if i go yes i mind said jake go and sit in that armchair and smoke a cigarette i shall be ready when you've finished he held out his case to her and though she made a face at him she yielded she threw herself down in the chair he indicated and smoked in silence chops came and laid his head upon her knee and she fondled his silken ears with an understanding touch but her eyes were fixed before her with something of hardness in their look Maud finished her breakfast and got up i am going up to the nursery she said don't hurry toby dear the children can run in the garden till you are ready i shan't keep her long jake said toby turned in her chair with a sudden flare of defiance I'd like to see any man who would keep me anywhere against my will, she said. Jake nodded. All right. You can see him now if you want to. Why did you go and ride that little devil knuckle-duster when I told you not? I don't take orders from you, said Toby hotly. Oh, yes, you do, sometimes. The door closed softly behind Maud, and Jake turned squarely to face the girl on his hearth. Say now he said in his slow, direct way. It was a fool thing to do. You may as well admit it as not. Toby was on her feet. She stood stiffly braced, but the colour had gone out of her face. It was white and strained. All right, she said, speaking quickly and nervously. But what of it? I brought him back quite sound and none the worse. I wasn't thinking of the horse, said Jake he's a savage brute and i doubt if we ever do much with him he'll certainly never be fit for a lady to ride but that's not the point either the point is you did it against my orders and you dodged me to do it isn't that so i didn't dodge you for that reason said toby i'd have done it whether you'd been there or not i think not jake said anyway You'll give me your word of honour that you'll never ride that animal again. My what? said Toby, and suddenly she broke into a laugh. Oh, don't be funny, Jake. Bunny rides him. Why shouldn't I? That's quite a different thing, Jake said. Bunny has a man's strength. You haven't. It's too dangerous a game for you, see, and I won't have it. All right said toby picking up her riding-whip and turning to go he stretched out a hand to detain her you'll give me that promise he said she paused for a second and met the unswerving determination of his eyes then a sudden gleam of blue fire lit her own she made a swift movement and struck the outstretched hand lightly with the switch she carried it was a gesture of supreme insolence but there was conscious daring in her look jake's hand leapt like an angry dog upon the switch and gripped it that was a mistake he said and the words though slow had a cutting quality that was somehow more imposing than open wrath toby faced him with unabated courage but she had begun to quiver she spoke no word jake's hand fell he turned from her and pulled out his pipe there was dignity in the action the dignity of strength that refuses to assert itself and toby suddenly crumpled she sprang after him like a contrite child and caught his arm oh jake forgive me do please forgive me i'm a beast a beast she cried tremulously jake looked at her the hint of a smile about his rugged mouth i guess not he said you're just young she shook her head vehemently i'm not it wasn't that jake i didn't hurt you "'Shucks, no,' he said. She clung to his arm still. "'I'll never disobey you again. I won't do anything you don't like. Jake, I mean it.' "'Why are you laughing?' "'I'm not,' said Jake. He put his pipe away again and patted her shoulder. "'All right. Don't say any more,' he said. Toby gulped down some obstruction in the throat. "'I must. I've got to ask you something.' You're so awfully decent. I can't, I won't, do things you don't like. What do you want to know? said Jake. Her other hand came up and fastened tightly upon his arm. I don't know how to tell you, she said. I, I had a rotten night last night. That's why I went out alone this morning. And I took knuckle-duster because the devil tempted me. I see, said Jake. His red-brown eyes were very kindly in their directness. "'What did you have a bad night about?' Her hold upon him tightened. Something of entreaty made itself felt in her grasp. There was fear in the wide blue eyes so resolutely lifted to his. "'I don't know how to tell you,' she said again. "'Maybe I can guess,' said Jake. "'Ah,' she said, and laid her face down quickly on his sleeve.' He laid his free hand on her head. "'It's Bunny, is it?' he said. She answered him quiveringly. "'Yes, it's—it's it's Bunny.' "'Well?' said Jake gently. She spoke with her face still hidden. "'You don't want me to marry him, do you?' "'I won't do it either, without your permission.' "'Mine?' said Jake. "'Yes,' her words came rapidly. "'You love Bunny.' You know what's best for him. You want him to have the best. Jake's hand caressed her bent head. Well, he said after a moment, I guess that's so. But I've come to love you in the same way. I'd like you to have the best, too. She lifted her head and looked at him. You'd like me to have Bunny. Do you mean that? If it's going to make you both happy, said Jake, ah she caught her breath sharply but no one can be sure of that can they i mean marriage is such a speculation isn't it i expect bunny will soon get tired of me why do you say that said jake a little quiver went through her i don't know men are like that aren't they not men like you of course but you're the big exception to almost every rule jake was frowning a little I guess I'm as human as the rest of 'em, he said. But what makes you think Bunny isn't a stayer? He's so young, said Toby. That all, said Jake, beginning to smile. She looked at him rather wistfully. Yes, but it counts, Jake. He'll be a man some day, but he isn't yet, at least only in streaks. Well, there's no hurry, is there? said Jake. People shouldn't marry in haste toby's eyes flashed sudden accusation you did i Jake looked momentarily disconcerted well i had some excuse what do you know about it anyway i know what bunny told me Maud didn't love you when she married you it didn't come on till afterwards she loved lord saltash and he loved her toby spoke with a certain hardness as if challenging contradiction she'd have married him but for you jake met the challenge squarely quite possibly she would think she'd have been any happier toby shook her head no i think you were always meant to be her man but it-it was rather hard on him her voice trembled a little bunny says that was why he never married he's not the marrying sort said jake i don't mind your marrying bunny but nothing on this earth would persuade me to let you marry him an odd little smile twitched the corners of toby's mouth no well i shouldn't consult you about that she said sure you don't mind my marrying bunny jake looked at her not if you're sure you want to he said her eyes grew bright and baffling she drew away from him but in a moment with a boyish gesture she held out her hand to him thank you jake you're a brick whatever i do i'll do it straight and you'll stand by sure said jake and gave her a close grip end of part three chapters four and five